Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude our study of the book of Jude with verses 20 to 25. Verses 20 to 23 reads, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Jude ends in verses 24 and 25 with one of the greatest benedictions or doxologies found in the New Testament. Please listen to Pastor Scott Basolo as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Your Necessary Spiritual Circle. James 3.6 is the only other place in Scripture that this word occurs, and it conveys the same idea where James says, and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Those words that we speak, and like, where do they come from? How can such things come out of my mouth? One whom Christ has saved and delivered, and whom the old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And yet this comes out, this defilement. The fear to be exercised with mercy is caused by hating of the condition of the polluted garments. This is very important to understand. And it's indicating for us that it is not a malicious or antagonistic attitude towards the individual, but rather an aversion and a loathing of the condition of sin. Thus, the hatred is towards the sin and not towards the one sinning. This is such an important recognition because these lines become blurred for us. And we see that one is openly sinning and living contrary to God and mocking all that we believe. And we begin to translate the hate that is supposed to be on the sin to the individual. And that's not right. That's not how we must live. Thus, the hatred is again towards the sin and not the one sinning. And such an important recognition. These individuals are enslaved to sin, just as every man was before salvation. And thus must be shown mercy. One commentator notes that the polluted garments are a symbol of all the outer habits of life that are affected by the inner foulness of the soul that is in bondage to the flesh and under the control of sin. The reference to the flesh is more than their polluted bodies, but it denotes their corrupt, unregenerate human natures, which have become an agent for evil. How easy it is, beloved, in our modern world our urban city culture, to pass by people on the street without looking, without speaking, without considering the mercy that needs to be extended to them. 
Such actions would have been more than bad manners, more, considered more than ill upbringing to our grandparents, but would have been plainly rude and worthy of chastisement and punishment. Also, how easy it, uh, it is for us to sit idly in the quietness of our lives, in the isolation of our electronic devices and worlds, the coziness of our front room recliners. And yet if we do such as this, it is impossible to show mercy, either to these doubters or to those so polluted by sin. And with these isolated existences, to ignore the desperate hordes of millions perishing in the eternal flames those who we'd rather not speak to because of their doubting or denying perspectives. And I just really don't want to be bothered with the argument or dealing with this individual's just bent perspective. Certainly not wanting to be considering any personal responsibility for those whose lifestyles have them pitted on the brink of hell and eternal fire as if we could do anything about it let alone these desperately defiled individuals whose lives evidence all that we abhor and dare not engage as such may consider that we might associate with one such as these. Oh, my beloved brothers and sisters, how grateful we are that our Savior did not take such an attitude and that He was one who was not ashamed to eat with the tax collector and the sinner. Brothers and sisters, we have been called to perform resuscitation. May we recognize the penalty should we fail these thrice given commands. May you not be one who is in your failing these may be considered among those so described as yourselves doubting or even worse. And should you be so, I and the leadership of this church stand ready today to help you obey in reaching these lost. Ah, those that come into our property every third Sunday to receive help from our food pantry, that we might go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we might be ready to have mercy on these who are doubting, that we might be ready to snatch them out of the fire, that we might with fear have mercy, hating even the garments polluted by the flesh, but moving forward in the faith of Christ to proclaim His truth to them. Pursue righteousness, perform resuscitation, and our third point, produce rejoicing. Jude brings your necessary spiritual circle full around in our third point. He's addressed the life of the believer in our first point in our spiritual growth. He's addressed the life of the unbeliever in our second point in our command to reach out to the lost. And now he addresses the response to God in verses 24 to 25 where he says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Our glorious benediction is one of the most beautiful in the Scriptures. Jude here returns to his desired theme back from verse 3. Do you remember that? When he wanted to write about our common salvation? Well, now he comes back to it. Now back to the joy. Now back to the hope of knowing Christ. And he comes with such power. He brings, as he has throughout this letter, the most powerful and succinct expressions. And here, those that are of the exaltation of our common faith. And it begins with an ode of praise to God, the Father, where it says, now to him. Now to him. The pronoun reference is purposely indistinct. 
And the reason for this phrase is not so much him, but it is the next element that he is able. Here is the emphasis of the entire doxology. It is more focused on ability rather than identity, as one commentator notes. He is able. Praise the Lord. He is able. Are you able, my friend? I wearily claim that I am often not able. But I exultingly shout, my God is able. With all the dangers, fears, and toils, and duties, and commands. Or as Paul explained in 2 Corinthians, afflicted on every side. Conflicts without, fears within. But the next verse. But God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us. Oh, my beloved brothers and sisters, are you weary and heavy laden? Come to him, for he will give you rest for your souls, for he is able. Are you ridden with anxiety and worry for all that life has thrown at you, the financial, emotional, physical, and spiritual loads, which are too much for you to carry, too heavy? Cast your burden upon him, for he is able. Are you struggling in your spiritual life and downcast like the father of the possessed son, crying out to the Lord, help my unbelief as you question him and question your faith. Beloved, he is able. The structure of this phrase in Greek reveals one characterized by inherent strength, the power and might residing in him as the omnipotent God. And his power finds expression in harmony with his holy will, and in His holy word. Scripture tells us that He is able to save in Hebrews 7.25, that He is able to establish in Romans 16.25, that He is able to assist in Hebrews 2.18, that He is able to subdue in Philippians 3.21. And here in Jude, He is able to protect, He is able to provide. And as Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will supply all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. He is able. His protection in Jude 24 is amazing. Literally, He is able to protect or keep you from stumbling. The protection is a guarding from present dangers. The word stumbling has a a negative word attached to the front of it in the Greek, and it literally means unstumbling or standing sure-footed, picturing a horse. You know, when I rode horseback on an elk hunt through Impassable Canyon, 3,000 feet above the, middle, the water of the Middle Fork of the Salmon River, with a steep slope down, I was really happy that the horse that I was on was sure-footed and that he was unstumbling. My heart was still pounding pretty heavy, and yet all I needed to remember was, he is able. All the difficulties Jude has described and all that we encounter in our lives, God is able to keep you from stumbling. This doesn't mean that there won't be difficulties or that there won't be sin that is in our lives because there are and we will. But God will see us through. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, with people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This is only the first aspect of God's ability. He is also able to make you stand in the presence of His glory. And if possible, this is perhaps even more magnificent than the previous. Psalm 5.4 proclaims that no evil dwells with God. That means that God cannot and will not live and abide in the presence of sin and evil. But what is the irremovable component of every man? It is sin, is it not? 
Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And a few verses earlier in Romans 3.10, which we just read, there is none righteous, not one. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.